Hello and welcome. My name is Kyle Nielsen, and this is How You Level Up, a podcast where I ask questions to help you become your best self. Today, we're going to ask what are the big topics of life? What have philosophers, religious leaders, and great thinkers questioned and thought about over and over throughout history? To answer this question and to share some love for a book, we're going to look at some of the big topics captured by the book Great Thinkers, which The School of Life printed. The School of Life is an educational institution dedicated to helping people learn, heal, and grow. They offer online psychotherapy, training programs for businesses and organizations, and wonderful books like the one we're unpacking a little bit about today. If you want to explore them further, please click on the link I've put inside the show notes. Now, we're going to explore some of the most common ideas covered in two sections of their book, Great Thinkers. Specifically, we're covering the sections of philosophy and Eastern philosophy. In these two sections, 20 different philosophers and philosophies have their history, their ideas, their discourses, and their lessons illuminated. So we're going to take a look at some of those philosophers and philosophies and what they had to say about two common topics that were found throughout the cohort. We're going to look at moderation and virtue. These two topics were surmised from several parallel concepts. For example, moderation covers restraint in mass communication, reductions in luxurious living, minimalism, and simplicity of life. And virtue covers ethical considerations, religious frameworks, the integrity of self, and moral ambiguity. So let's kick it off with virtue. The Greek philosopher Aristotle, who lived from 384 to 322 BCE, observed that virtue itself is usually a center point, the median of two vices. He called this the golden mean. And an example of this is the virtue of courage, which stands between cowardice and recklessness, or honesty, which stands between deceit and bluntness, or humility, which stands between arrogance and self-deprecation. For the Buddha, who may have lived between 563 and 483 BCE, exact dates are argued by the degree of a decade or so, the Buddha believed that a virtuous life is lived through the Eightfold Path. This path involves aspects of behaving rightfully and wisely. By starting with a right view, you cultivate a right intention. With a right intention, you utter right speech. With right speech, you enact right action. With right action, you embody right livelihood. With right livelihood, you reveal right efforts. With right efforts, you express right mindfulness. And with right mindfulness, you prioritize right concentration. The Buddha said that wisdom is a habit, and not merely an intellectual realization. Christian theologian Augustine lived from 354 to 430 CE, and he was from North Africa, present-day Algeria. 
he said of humanity that we are all sinful. He actually came up with the idea of original sin. Augustine thought that the original sin leaves us with a nature called libidio dominandi, a desire to dominate. While this might sound gloomy, Augustine's intent was to create relief in our minds because our lives go amiss. And it's not by coincidence, but rather by definition. From this, Augustine says that we cannot expect all of our leaders to be virtuous, because there is no fair hierarchy, and there will never be all good people at the top, nor all good people at the bottom. This directly leads to Thomas Aquinas, an Italian medieval saint who lived from 1225 to 1274. Aquinas's central ambition was to understand how can people, given that we have libidio dominandi, know what is right from wrong. Because Aquinas was an admirer of Aristotle, he made a highly important argument for the compatibility of religious belief and rational thought. He proposed that the universe operated according to natural law and divine eternal law. In this, he was advocating for the significance of personal observation and experience. While the contemporaries of Aquinas suggested that pagans could not have anything important to say on the topics of philosophy theology, Aquinas said that people, even if you believe them to be misguided, can teach you fundamental things. He was diagnosing a form of intellectual snobbery in those contemporaries. We have a tendency to dismiss a given idea because of its background. We feel we won't listen unless it comes from the right place. This is where our German philosopher from the 19th century, Friedrich Nietzsche, snaps back from the other side, saying that God is dead. That to follow Christianity is to follow a curse, the one great intrinsic depravity. In place of God, Nietzsche proposed we fill the gap with culture, and it is solely our own responsibility to become who we are, for there are no plans laid before us by any higher power. Regardless of religion or non-religious affiliation, the 20th century French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre said we must not live in bad faith. To know whether or not you are living in bad faith, ask yourself, do things have to be a certain way? If we tell ourselves that things must be this way or that way, we close our eyes to possibilities and we restrict a free life. To look at an example of not living in bad faith, we turn to a story of Confucius. While Confucius was away at the court, a stable burned down. On his return, he asked, Has any man been hurt? He did not ask about the horses. From these three simple sentences, we are left to wonder if we would have done the same. If we would have implied that the value of human life is more than the other objects, like the stable, the tools within, or any of the animals. To Confucius, he believed that if he simply lived virtuously, he would inspire others to do the same. Martin Heidegger, another 19th century German philosopher, suggested that what we're even doing right now, by studying and learning about fundamental knowledge and existence, we perform a self-therapy. For philosophy is therapy. 
And as we practice more and more, we begin to treat people less like objects and more like beings with unique experiences. Wrapping up on virtue then here, to be virtuous is not a simple thing. To be virtuous, you are asked to make judgment calls, are required to weigh ethical considerations. You are not told which path to follow, though there are many avenues you have to reach a virtuous life, whether through religious frameworks or not. And it is on this journey that you can reach an integrity of self and a morality from which to live well and to be lively. The second topic is moderation. We start again with a Greek philosopher, though this time Plato, who lived from 428 to 348 BCE. He said of a changing society that a continuous onslaught and exposure to confusing voices is seriously bad for us. As a result, we need censorship of a certain kind. For Plato, whom we admire is of grave importance. A good hero will influence us to change our ideas and our conduct. And bad heroes teach us glamour and flawed character traits. If we replace all who we believe are worthy of admiration today with ideally wise and good people, who Plato calls guardians, the modeling of good development can ensue. The Buddha also believed that first, one ought to live in moderation. This allows for maximal concentration on cultivating compassion for others and seeking enlightenment. With a fiery focus on this mindful attitude, people can reframe negative emotions turning ignorance into wisdom, anger into compassion, and greed into generosity. Epicurus, born in modern-day Turkey and living from 341 to 270 BCE, insisted that we put too much faith in luxury. He said that underneath luxury is the truth of what we're after, which is stillness and serenity. And that these things are achievable without luxury, so long as we analyze our worries and understand them correctly. To do this, Epicurus suggested that we make ample time to read, write, and find regular support from a friend who can listen to us well, or a therapist. To this end, for the 16th century Zen Buddhist, Sen no Rikyu, who made massive contributions to the famous Japanese tea ceremony, living with wabi, or simplicity, and sabi, an appreciation of the imperfect, are the alternative set of values to image-conscious and money-focused, which had grown exponentially during his era. And to the Stoics, who were a group of philosophers within a 400-year time period in ancient Greece and Rome, they suggested that we naturally exaggerate our own importance, and so to regain our ataraxy, a state of serene calmness, we can regularly reduce ourselves in our own eyes. To achieve this without demeaning ourselves or degrading our abilities, you can reduce your importance by meditating or simply deep contemplation on your place in the world, or even your place in the timeline of humanity, by placing ourselves against the backdrop of something awe-inspiring. We widen our purview and considerations. Baruch Spinoza, a 17th century Dutch Jew, 
whose ancestors fled from persecution in Spain, said that humans have two distinct ways of looking at life. We can either see it egotistically, from our limited point of view, which he called it subspecia durationis, under the aspect of time, or we can look at things globally and eternally, subspecia ai eternitatis, under the aspect of eternity. Whether your form of moderation is found in your mind, your body, your speech, or your environment, your life on earth is limited. So question the dogma of how you should live your life while here. Must you have the things that others have? Don't you hold your own ambitions and desires separate from the herd? For Michael de Montaigne, a French philosopher from the 16th century, a virtuous, ordinary life, striving for wisdom but never far from folly, is achievement enough, and a great life at that. And now we conclude our topics of moderation and virtue, which are but two of dozens of ideas that these characters from the philosophy of great thinkers have touched on. If you've found these topics interesting, I recommend you read further by clicking on the link located in the show notes and dive into topics like these, as well as many other sections like political theology, sociology, art literature, and science. And finally, ask of yourself what you will do next. Ask yourself, how might I act today or tomorrow to live just a degree more virtuously, just a degree more modestly? Thank you for listening to another episode. If you're enjoying the show, open up the app you're listening to this on and hit the like or subscribe button and give a five-star rating. At least twice a week, you'll find a new episode asking you a new question so you can strengthen your emotional independence, improve your communication skills, and upgrade your personal philosophy. So if there's a question you'd like me to dive into next, send it to any of these social media accounts connected in the show notes here. This is all about how you level up.